Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Souls on all levels and in all dimensions are on their own evolutionary journey. There is no end point, no specified timing, and no losers. Every soul goes through their own unique experiences, yet we all have much in common. The higher self's evolutionary perspective, then, builds bridges of understanding. Let's move the focus from division and conflict to acceptance and love of ourselves and others. Well, hi, guys. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it is absolutely Wednesday. Okay, just have to push a few buttons to get everything started. How are you? I'm sorry. Sort of got caught up short there. Anyway, welcome to the show. I want to just say right up front, we're having construction at the apartment building that I'm in on the balconies. And the balconies are out in the foyer and it kind of reverberates. The construction guys have been very nice. They said they wouldn't work on my particular balcony until after 10.30, my time after the show. So hopefully we're going to keep our fingers crossed that the noise in the rest of the building won't be too much. Anyway, if it is, I just apologize up front. Okay, so today it's more, it's more about results. Now, just know for every one I tell you, number one, I could do... 20, 30, 50, 100 others. I'm picking and choosing just kind of randomly because it's really hard to make the decision. But also I wanted to say that I'm not telling you about the results for any reason but to inspire. It isn't about proof. The higher self really steer away from the whole proof idea because proof involves belief. And they are always from the start and still now saying it's not about belief or disbelief. Don't even believe or disbelieve what we have to say, meaning by ourselves. Because whenever we believe something, it creates a glass ceiling. It creates a limit we can't go beyond. And so they aren't about moving into a place of proof. They just say stand in the center of neutrality, and I think I've mentioned this before, and allow the information, the energy in, whatever it is that you're working with at the moment, and just see if you resonate with it. Instead of making judgments, criticisms, you know, beliefs, oh, yes, you know, whatever, just stand in the center of neutrality. And that way is where the real power is because you just, the energy doesn't just work. Just, the information will just come in and you'll be able to discern afterwards. Okay. I mean, if it, if it resonates with you or not. The other thing I want to say is that I'm giving you a lot of results, but I know when I started out, in Joan Culpepper's groups, I felt completely intimidated by everyone around me. They all could see things, hear things, you know, sense things, understand things, know things, and I'm like sitting there like a rock. I am clueless, so clueless. And I never thought in a million years that I'd be able to do the kind of things that I'm doing now. 
But I was really motivated to work because I was pretty emotionally a mess. I was a basket case. So that's where the initial motivation started from. And I didn't know anything better. I had already tried, I think I mentioned therapy, and it was great in some ways, but it didn't really change me. It didn't make me an emotional, you know, secure person. (laughs) And it didn't really change my life and my patterns. I just was aware of them. So what I did was I found this and I thought, well, I don't know any better. I'll just go ahead and work with it. Even though I couldn't feel anything, I couldn't sense anything, I just went and did it. And the reason why I'm saying this, because I think I've mentioned it before, is that I want you to know that I'm like all of you. I'm the girl next door. I'm the person at a grocery store from your neighborhood that you see from time to time. I'm your friend. I'm a family member. I'm a parent or a child. I'm just like all of you guys, and I'm telling you this, and I'm emphasizing it, because if I can really change my life 180 degrees over and over and over again, I think, well, it's not I think, I want you to know you can do it for yourself. It's absolutely possible, and now we have this energy called the evolutionary thrust that I'm going to talk about next week that's really helping all of us. You don't have to spend the years and years that I did. Uh Uh-uh. My clients are moving forward really fast. The people that come to my groups and I hear from people that listen to Michelle on the radio, you can really move a lot faster than I ever did because I started when the energy was still, the frequency of the energy was still fairly dense. It was fairly low. So anyway, that's the great news. Anybody can do this, and I just really wanted you to, to, to know that. All right, the next thing is I've decided I'm going to tell you another thing about me. I'm really not trying to shoot my own horn in any way, but the fact of the matter is I, I, I'm not getting this second hand. It's happening to me, and this is something that I thought, I'm really going to tell them about this because it's got some actual objective validation. And so I don't know if you can tell, but I'm fairly small-boned. I mean, really small-boned. And so right from the get-go, I was warned that I would have problems in time with osteoporosis because my bones are so small. And, you know, if you have big bones and they're dense, it's much less, you're much less apt, I think, in general, to get osteoporosis. So at some point early on, I got a bone density test, and they found that I had something called osteopenia. Osteopenia is you've had some bone loss, but it isn't to the problem where they call it osteoporosis, and you don't go on medication. So I'm like, okay. And that was a while ago, and I don't think I even worked at all specifically on my bone density back when that happened, because it was a decade or two ago, maybe three. I mean, it was a long time ago. So I did start to take the calcium, and I always work on health, my health, my physical health. And so, and when I work on the health, a lot of times I'll do each organ or each system of the body. So from time to time, I work on bones, the skeletal system or the muscular system, that sort of thing. Well, every couple of years, because once you show some bone loss, you've got to go more often than someone who doesn't show it, I would go and it would just be a little bit worse. 
little tiny bit, a little tiny bit, a little tiny bit. But it kind of accumulated. And then I got to the point that one of my back vertebrae, I think, I think it was the back one, was very close to the level of bone loss that they would say was osteoporosis. But it was just one little part. So I'm thinking, oh, it's just one little part because I really didn't want to go on the medicine. But even with that, I did not really specifically work on bone density. Instead, as I said, I just worked on health. Well, you know, all aspects of health and healing. So I went and had my bones tested earlier this year, and it's been four or five years. I don't know why I missed the one a couple of years back that I should have gone to. I don't know, but sometimes my life is sort of crazy, and I just miss out those kind of things. And I know you all know what I mean. So anyway, I went and get the results. My internist, who's the gal who gives me the physical every year and who recommends the test for me and stuff like that, she sends me an email. She says, um, I don't know what you're doing, but you have minimal osteopenia. Your results are so much better than they ever were. And I'm like, like a deer in headlights. And then I started to scream and yell with excitement. And I was so happy. I told everyone I knew next week because to have that sort of monkey off my back was huge. And I, I'm telling you about it because who would have thought, right? Because bones are very dense. And anything in the body that's in the material world is denser than, say, emotion. It can take time with the physical body. And maybe it took some time because I was working on my health. I always do. Um, maybe not daily, but certainly once a week or so, or maybe every couple of weeks. So, but I, I don't know that I ever really went to the idea that I could do anything more than slow it down. That's really what I thought, that I wouldn't have been able to reverse it. So that, to me, was worth telling you guys about. I'm barely osteopenia. So there is still some loss in bone density, but it's so minimal. She said it's minimal. And she knows. She's watched me get healthier and healthier, so she doesn't ask me any questions. She just says, I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but it's so much better. So anyway, I had to tell you that. But I also want to go on, and I want to talk to you about Adele. Now, that's not her name, but many, many years ago, when I was very, start, very early starting out this work, I had a a workshop, and she came to it, and her situation was really pretty dire. This is, I didn't know during the workshop, but she called me afterward, and we set up, and I did a series of private sessions for her because, and pro bono, because she just, she couldn't afford it because her situation was financial. She was very, 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 very smart, had a fabulous job. She lost the job. She never was able to get a steady enough job, so she lost her home. She then got an apartment. She lost her apartment. Now, these were all things way before I knew her. It was a slow pattern of more and more loss and getting in less and less and less, you know, more difficult situations uh, regarding residence. So she lost her apartment. She was evicted from her apartment, 
and she found a way to get into the homeless program in Glendale, Glendale, California. And so she, the way it worked was for one year, they would pay 70% of the rent, but they would pick your apartment. And so they picked your apartment, and it was very run down, very, you know, not very nice, very small, but it was a roof over her head. She was thrilled. And she was able to eke out the 30%, which wasn't much money. It was very difficult for her because she just, she's not someone who sits back and just says, victim, victim, victim. She really gets herself out there and she was just applying she was going everywhere she was doing whatever she could to get work but it was just very difficult for her so she was able to sort of get a you know just hang in there but she was starting to research when i met her i think she was three or four months from being evicted from this apartment or not evicted but if she couldn't handle 100 percent of the rent she was going to have to move out so she was going to be losing the 70% payment. So she, she started researching about living in her car, what to do, where to go. And her car is very, very old, very run down, but she at least had that. So she, that's what she was researching. And she met me at this, this um, I didn't know her, but I was doing the workshop with someone who let her come pro bono. And so she heard what I said, so she called me and I started working on her. Well, Things started changing. Remember I've told you, you don't have to get all the way to the end to have, have something change. It changes all along the way. And what happened at first was she just kept getting in little pieces of unexpected stuff, a friend here, a friend there, some, you know, suddenly out of the blue, some refund tracks her down from many years before, whatever. And she started to have these little bits of money coming in to help her with that 70%. And she was always trying to get work. And then she, she got this job after she'd have a job here or there for a day. And then she got a job that was three-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where she was demonstrating food in the grocery stores. And it paid her enough per hour that it was going to be able to pay the whole 100% of the rent. So she no longer was going to have to move out of the apartment, that small run-down apartment, but at least she wasn't going to have to live in the car. So then she's very, very thrilled. She's working and doing this job. She's putting a little money aside. It's a little bit more even than 100% of the park, the uh, rent. And something isn't right, so she goes to the doctor, and she's, she's on disability. So, um, I mean, not disability. She's on Medicaid. So she goes to the doctor, and she finds out she has cancer. Now, she could have thrown up her hands and said, oh, what is work? What, what is this work good for? I mean, oh, my God. I'm just starting to feel secure because I've got this job that keep, I can keep my apartment when I get cancer. Okay. You'd think she'd throw up her hands, but she didn't. Instead of focusing so much on me, because she was doing the work for herself. I forgot to tell you that part. She made up little cards that she had laminated. And she'd have these cards in her car, in, in her bathroom, in her living room, whenever, in her kitchen, whenever she was standing around chopping food, she would be doing the work to neutralize whatever the causes were, uh, whatever the issues were that she was manifesting in her outer reality. Now, so what she did was she shifted her focus to the illness, to the cancer, work, 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 work. And she had surgery, she had to have surgery, and she had to have three um, 
three sessions of radiation, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. Anyway, but she's getting it now because she's on Medicaid. So she's done two, and out of the blue, now meanwhile, she's also gone back to working on the financial. She's working on both. She gets an email out of the blue from a company that says, we'd like to hire you. Now, she had sent a resume to that company months, like six or eight months before. And the company says, we weren't hiring until now, and we'd like to have you come in if you're interested. So she goes and interviews. They love her. They said, yes, we want to hire. Now, this is a full-time job paying her at the same rate that she was being paid before she lost that job years before. And she was able to go from the, take the the public transportation so she didn't have to drive her car. So she didn't have to worry about parking or gas or the wear and tear on her old car. I mean, it was like the dream job. And it was supposed to be for six months, but she was so good. They just kept extending it. And so it went from six months to a year to a year and a half to two years. But here's another kicker. She knew that if she got the job before she had her third radiation, that she would have to pay for it. And then, you know, there's a delay. You don't get on the, med- you don't get on the medical plan unless you've been to a company for three months or whatever. So she said, oh, can I wait two weeks before I start? And they said, sure. So she had the radiation, the last one, and she then got the job. Now, that, my dears, was fabulous. And anyway, so she's doing well, and she did get another car, I think, or whether she picked up this car, but she got, she moved out into another apartment. I mean, things are really looking up in her life. So I just wanted you know, that was financial. Okay, another one. This is a one-shot deal I thought might be fun to hear about if somebody came in my meetup group. And at that time, I think it was a couple of years ago, I had said, anyone who comes to the meetup, I'm going to do a healing on you. That's only a mini healing, but anybody who wants, wants something, some help with something, I would do it. So this gal came, and I'd say about half of the people each time, or at least a third of the people I'd never met before. And this gal came in, and I didn't know her, and um, there were 25 23 or five people that day. I had a lot of healing to do. I remember that day. It took me almost four and a half, five hours to get through everybody. And even some didn't have a healing because they said, oh, my God, all you did on other people, really, I I feel like I had my problem addressed because I always teach people how to use other people's healings to help yourself. So that's what they were saying. But in any case, she comes in and she asked, you know, each person could ask for one Thing for me to work on. It didn't really matter. So I don't remember what she wanted. But I go in and immediately, because I often see symbols, I saw her as a little girl running around trying to avoid what looked to me like bombs coming out of the air. But here we are in America and I'm thinking, it must be symbolic. There must not be bombs. It must be something else coming out of thin air at her. And so... That's what I said, and I went on to do the healing, and I don't remember the healing at all. What I didn't know, because I don't have time when I'm doing these things to stop and talk with each person, I'd literally go from one person to the other. My eyes were shut the whole time, and I I really don't know how someone is reacting or not reacting. I mean, for all I know, they could be doing this, 
you know, I don't know. But in any case, she called me like three days later, and she said, I don't know if you remember me, but blah, 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 my name is such and such, and this is, you know, I went, oh, yeah, sure, 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 because I certainly remembered her. And she said, well, what you didn't know was the minute you started talking about bombs, I started to cry, and I didn't hear anything else you said. Because I grew up in Iran, she said. And I was there when Iran was being bombed. And I was a young girl. So that's, she said, that's number one, what was amazing to me. And I was crying the whole time. But the real thing that happened was, I'm, she was married. Um, she was married to someone for 10 years. And she was like, get home. I went shopping. I went to grocery shopping. And I went home and I was unloading the groceries and starting to prepare a meal or whatever she was doing. And after about 20 minutes, her husband walked into the room and he says, who are you? She just kind of looks at him like, what are you talking about? And he says, um, you haven't asked me to turn down the music. And she looked at him and she said, I never even noticed. Now, this is the scoop, guys. She's been, she can't tolerate on any level, or she couldn't tolerate on any level loud noise since she was a child, since the bombs. And her husband knew her well. He loved to play the noise loud, but whenever she was in the house, of course, he would turn it down, but sometimes the noise would be loud and he wouldn't hear her necessarily come in. So, but she'd remind him. She, she didn't hear her come in. She, I, I don't think. So she's in there. Finally, he figures out she's there and he's like, what is going on? And she never noticed that the music was loud. So she said, I waited. I kept thinking, oh, it's just temporary because of the healing that you did. So I waited a couple of days to see. And she says, it's gone. My adverse reaction to loud noise isn't there anymore. So she came um, and had some sessions with me. And I think, I can't remember if I worked on her husband or not. But in any case, that was, doesn't happen very often, but that kind of thing does happen once in a while. That was a real quick success after I just told you the long one. Okay, now I also want to talk to you about babies. I've had two clients over the years, who were really trying to get pregnant and couldn't get pregnant. One was quite a long time ago, really long time ago. I don't remember that one as well. But both of them were a situation where they've been trying to get pregnant and they've been using, you know, had the in vitro, you know, where they farm your eggs, so to speak, you know, they get your eggs and then they, they get the sperm and they fertilize the egg and then they put the egg into your uterus or whatever they do. Anyway, the both of them, I know, had been to in vitro two or three times and to no success. And you know, it's pretty stressful and it's very expensive and, so, and both of them were getting really desperate. I don't remember all the details about the first one, but she did, with the next in vitro, she did get pregnant. Okay. The second one was a couple of years ago and she came to me in desperation too, because I don't really think she she didn't really know much about my work, and um, I think she had some serious doubts about it. But the good news is, you can have doubts about it. It's the soul level that makes the decisions whether you take the healing in or not. And of course, it's not me. I just 
provide the the arena, so to speak. But anyway, so I went in there, and oh my gosh, in many, many lives, just a slew of lives, which is true for many, most people who are, are women in those lives, there's very, very big, big traumatic, um, tra- tra- a lot of trauma, a lot of suffering with childbearing and child rearing. And she'd been going through a lot of that in many different lives. And the whole idea of children was such a struggle for her, so, so much suffering in many different ways. And then I got a specific lifetime where she had, I think, two or three children. She was married. She had two or three children. At one point, her husband goes away. Um, I, I don't remember exactly the details, but in any case, he comes back, and she's very pregnant-looking. You know, she looks like she's seven months pregnant or something. And he's like... I, I was gone six, seven months ago. How can you be this pregnant? You've cheated on me. You've, you've, you know, you've betrayed me. And she said, no, 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 no. Oh, my gosh, no. Well, he, out of jealousy and rage, he beats her, and she dies um, from blood loss. And it turned out that she, she was pregnant with twins. I don't know that they knew that because that was pretty many years ago and I, I think it was pretty, I don't know. But in any case, I knew that. So what's from the higher self? And so what happened was after that life, she knew she hadn't cheated. She didn't know why she was so big, so early. But she, she she's like, she made a vow, guys. I'm never going to have children again. She had a vow, and that vow followed her from that life, which was probably hundreds, if not a thousand years ago. It was a long time. I'm not even sure it was on this planet, but it was really long. And so I went in there, and I worked on the, that vow. Uh, because at the mind level, here in this life, she really wanted children. It was old vow, not relevant to where she is now, so we worked on it. And, in fact, the next in vitro, she did get pregnant. She now has a nice, pretty, gorgeous little girl. So, there you go. Um, I'm getting to the end of the show, and it really is a bummer, because I have so much more to say. But, in general, you can use this work on anything. Physical illness, any mental problems, emotional problems, financial problems, um, opportunities, possibilities. You want to expand your life. You want to love yourself more, you want to care about yourself more, expanded thinking, uh, self-acceptance. I mean, physical problems, you know, I've told you a lot about how it's really helped physically. So I wanted just to say, I don't know if I can get it in in four minutes because that's what I've got left, four or five minutes, but I do want to say that the other day, this has just come up, and almost every week something, oh, I do want to say before I go to this, that even though I was able to find that vow because I was able, I'm now able to go in and get those kind of things. This, it doesn't mean that you can't help yourself if you can't get those things yourself. It's really important for you to know that because for years I couldn't get anything on me. I couldn't see or sense or experience at any level this kind of more psychic-oriented type of 
stuff. I couldn't. I told you it was like a rock. And yet I kept helping myself. I kept moving forward. So I don't want you to think, oh, I'm never going to be able to see if I've made that vow or something like it. Because you, you don't need to know. You just say, I want to neutralize. I want to clear. I want to let go of into the light the causes, known and unknown, direct or indirect, conscious or unconscious, whatever. And just if you, at the soul level, made the decision that you're going to let that stuff go, it's going to come out whether you know what it is up here or not. But things will come up as you're letting go. You're going to go, oh, well, maybe this has something to do with it. If anything comes to your mind, you let it go. Okay, but I want to talk to you quickly about what happened this week because almost every week, at least every once every two weeks, something comes up for me. And I want to share it with you because you just never know where you're going to get inspired with something. So I saw the movie Wonder. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. You've probably seen ads for it. It's just a beautiful movie. It was a book as well. And it's very, very touching and very, very just very touching and very inspirational. In any case, without telling you what the movie's about, it is in general about a boy, and if you've seen any previews, you know this, who has, was born with uh, facial deformity, very severe, and had multiple, multiple operations and still doesn't look normal, his face. So it's his story and yada yada. But when I left the movie and I happened to walk to the theater and I walked back, I really was struck with the concept of invisibility. Of course, I always amalgamate when I'm out walking because I like to be open to the information from within the higher self stream of energy that comes up, the insights, the inspiration. And I, I started to look at this whole idea of invisibility. And it was fascinating because... What I saw, first it seemed like, whoa, you know, this is kind of like a superhero. If you're invisible, you're like a superhero. And wouldn't we all love to have that ability to, to be invisible? What the higher selves are indicating, <laughs> not really. It's a double-edged sword because sometimes we're invisible when we don't, or many times we really don't want to be. We don't want to be invisible. Sometimes we feel maybe more comfortable, but we wish that we didn't have to be invisible to be comfortable. So I really started looking at it, and then I started thinking to myself, because I've had some questions over the last few weeks about, I've always felt that I'm in, I'm in control, I'm the directing identity, I'm the magnet to pull in people who are interested in the material that I have to share, who want to learn about it, who want to help themselves or whatever who are just fascinated with the ideas even, so or all of the above. So I, I really, I'm not about marketing myself. And everyone tells me, oh, you know, you should have people, ask them to follow you, ask, you to, ask them to like you, ask them to, you know, put in some sort of testimonial for you somewhere. And I don't. I don't ask because there's a part of me that just feels that I can draw it in. But I, over the last few weeks, I've been thinking, you know, I don't seem to be drawing this kind of thing in. Maybe I should ask, but it just didn't feel right to me. But unless I'm drawing people in, I can't get the message out. That's the reason. It's not about getting some sort of random number of likes or random number of followers. I want to get the information out. So anyway, 
I started working on it for myself, and I saw symbolically this, this beautiful cloak, kind of like a Superman cape, but quite cape, but just this cloak around me of invisibility. And so I started to work on it because I don't want to be invisible. I don't want to be invisible. I want to be visible. And so I started to neutralize it, and slowly the cape opens, and slowly but surely the whole cape itself started to dissolve into the light. I mean, it was so exciting. (laughs) But I still have a connection somewhere in my back. It was like right in the back. And because I'm walking home and I, you know, a lot went on by the time, and I'm also really careful when I walk home at night. So I... Didn't finish, but anyway, but I felt really good about it. And I just have to say, we are responsible for our reality. And I called in this energy, and I've been using it ever since, what, for the last couple of days or whatever it's been. I've been calling in the energy of divine visibility. Never used that energy before. And as I said, almost every week or three, I get a new divine energy. And in in this one came divine visibility, and I've been utilizing a lot. And when I went to set up my blog talk show that you can't help but see, I never check numbers. And I mean never. But now that I'm setting up my own blog talk shows, because I used to have an assistant and I don't have any more, so I'm doing it myself, which is perfectly fine, um, I can't help but notice the number of listeners. And it goes up. I'm not that many every week, and I don't focus on it. I don't memorize a number. I don't, I, you know, you just glance because you can't help it. It's right there on the screen. So I think it goes up maybe one or 200, maybe 250, something like that in general every week. Well, this week it went up several hundred. I can't remember. I, I don't even know, and I'm glad I don't know, but I would say at least five or 600. And thinking, maybe this divine visibility is working, guys. So anyway, that's the scoop, and it's getting time for me to say goodbye. It's getting time for me to say until next week, and you're going to love to learn about this divine energy that I'm going to talk about next week, and that is the evolutionary thrust. You, um, I have many more examples that I was going to say, but you know what? It's just not going to happen. I don't have time. You guys have a great week. Again, I'm sorry to the video listeners not to get this up a little bit more timely, but I do hope that all of you had wonderful Thanksgiving, and I do hope to see you or talk with you next week. Okay, guys. Bye. Janet is a catalytic artist an award-winning author, a radio show host, and a healer. You can find her on her website, HigherSelfVoice.com, also on Amazon, Kindle, Facebook, YouTube, and on the podcast app on your smartphone. To reach her with questions or for a healing session, her email address is richmond at gmail.com.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.